You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut to the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. Katie Harris, and this is an episode of the Nursepreneur Podcast. Today we have Shamika Jones uh, on our podcast, and she is from NOSA, the nurse-owned staffing agency. So thank you, Shamika, so much for being here with us. Thank you for having me. I am very excited to be here. <laughs> uh, so why don't you give us some background about you as a nurse first, and then we'll start talking about how you started your business. Okay, so um, I started nursing probably, I'm going into my eighth year, and kind of prior to that, I'm a second career nurse, so previous to that, I was a HR professional with the federal government, and I did that for a little bit over a decade. A little bit of how I got into nursing is I was a caregiver for my father for a little bit over a year, and that was kind of my introduction to healthcare, really. And um, from those experiences with him and doctor's appointments and um, engaging more with nurses and having a couple of nurse friends, I kind of got introduced to the industry and decided to start the process. So because I had a business background, I hadn't quite finished all the prerequisites that were required to go into nursing school. So that's kind of where I started um, my journey um, in becoming a nurse. Okay, so um, an, an HR professional, that sounds like a really good um, background to have for what you ended up in. Um, so you became the nurse and where did you start? What type of floors did you start working on? So initially, my introduction to nursing was hospice. So I worked in school as a tech at a hospice center right outside of Metro Atlanta. And then when I finished, I went back to that hospice center. I had such great experiences there um, and great support and, you know, a group of nurses who really supported me in my journey. So I stayed there for a little while, but of course, because they're seasoned nurses, they kind of pushed me to um, build up my clinical skills. And then I went into the hospital. So I've worked on med surge floors a little bit, as well as um, long-term care and rehab centers. Okay. And where did the idea for NOSA come from? Um, well, the idea came maybe, I want to say four or five years into working as a nurse, I decided to travel because I'm a travel bug <laughs> and um, met the partner for the NOSA group in Vermont. We were both travelers out of state, um, working an assignment up there, and we just connected. And um, initially, I hadn't given it much thought about starting an agency, but um, he kind of put the bug in my ear a little bit and I sat on it a little bit and then reconnected with him on another assignment in New Mexico. And from there, as I began to kind of uncover, you know, what really was involved in the, in the um, process as well as what agencies really do, you know, and then finding out that um, agencies do really well because quite a big chunk of the monies that come to the agencies don't go to nurses. Um, so that was kind of where my interest peaked from just the idea of doing it to actually, well, maybe this is something that we can do. So when you, when you came up with this idea, were you just kind of like, uh, yeah, that sounds great. And, you know, maybe just kind of push it off or was it something that you jumped like both feet into? <laughs> 
So yeah, um, I was definitely hesitant because I was like, well, I don't know anything about the industry. I don't know how to get started, where to start, what's involved. Is it even a lucrative industry um, to be on? Because I only knew, you know, the employee side of it. I wasn't in any capacity to know what it looked like on the other side, as far as just like the business side of healthcare, if you know. Yeah, and, and it does seem like a really intimidating process to jump into because it seems like there's so many agencies that are out there already, so that need hasn't been met is, is what you found out? Right, so when we got started and I you know, got over my cold feet and jumped in, <laughs> um, we actually realized that it's a humongous industry and the needs are actually never filled. We, thankfully, our journey was really... Um, quick because we ended up working with a client who we both previously had done contracts with. So our transition into the nursing world was very seamless than others. Um, and we kind of got introduced to this um, vendor management system where a lot of healthcare systems house their job opportunities and contracts um, through third parties. Um, we got an understanding of like the insurance, like how much insurance you need to get started. Um, what that looks like from an employee perspective. And then we also started slow, um, which worked for me a little bit more so, so that we could get, figure out some of the bumps in the road. So we didn't do what I would definitely recommend more people to do. So we didn't ask a lot of questions of other people in the industry, um, just because I've found the healthcare staffing industry to kind of be a little bit more closed off as far as information sharing. Um, at the time that we got started. So we did a lot of the research early on, on our own. Um, and where do you even start with something like that? Like, I mean, I guess you could start with an insurance agency or, um, I mean, what was the first couple of steps that you took? So after we got the business license and the entity established, the next step, which was kind of told to us by the vendor, that we needed was the insurance. So they said, you know, in order to work with us, you needed a million or so in coverage. And um, we just decided to just do cold calls. So we just reached out to some insurance companies. And of course we got a few yeses and nos and got quite a few high end quotes. Um, and once we were able to secure that, the second part was the workers' compensation. And um, at that point, some of the stuff, you know, began to be a little bit more familiar to me because of my human resources background. So I do have some exposure to the, you know, workers comp and why you need it and kind of how it fits into the business. And after we got those three insurances, we were able to um, move forward with working with the vendor management system. Okay, so, um, and that's that's interesting about the insurance companies, like why would they not insure you? I, <laughs> I would think they'd all be falling over themselves to insure you. The risk, I think um, in home care, it's, it's from my understanding, having spoken with a few other NOSAs, home care tends to get a little bit easier of a process, but I think for some of the insurance carriers, they feel like staffing is more risky um, so the process is definitely a little bit more involved where you may have to do like second interviews um, beyond the initial call, provide more documentation, um, even when you're just kind of getting started. 
Okay, and so then, so now you have insurance and you can apply to these vendor management systems. Uh, did you just start applying to a whole bunch of them or what did you do? So we primarily worked with one. Um, the main client that we worked with was um, Genesis Healthcare, who does rehab and long-term care. And we worked in the state that we were in. So the way that we structured the organization in the beginning or kind of the thought process was that we're nurses. You know, we can go to work. You know, why not? Mm -hmm. And um, initially we did it that way just because just in case things didn't work out or fell apart, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have to involve other people in that process. Like if it didn't work out between the two of us, as far as working a contract or something like that, that's okay. But if you kind of add in some employees and things like that, it can get complicated. So it was just the two of us working in the very beginning. And then as time got on, and as we got a better understanding of the process and how long it took for us to be paid and um, making sure we were covering all our taxes and payroll expenses, we added on our first employee maybe four to six months later. Oh, well, that's, that's a big milestone too. And I love that because, you know, the, the truth is, is like, um, you know, I, for myself, like I don't mind spending money and, uh, you know, if something fails, it's not a big deal. But when you bring in somebody else and they're dependent now on your paycheck, it takes on a whole new level of responsibility and, and maturity for your company. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's a whole different ball game. So I can feel that. Um, so, but let me ask you this. So did Genesis, your, this Genesis Rehab where you got your first contract, did they have contracts with other people? I guess that's where, you know, I'm always kind of confused with the staffing agencies. Like, um, you know, like how is it that there wasn't already people in there staffing this company? So there was. So, um, so Genesis Healthcare is worldwide. So they do um, long-term care and rehab throughout the United States. So we kind of got access to all of their opportunities. Oh, so wow. there other people staffing. So the only thing was that specifically in New Mexico, there wasn't a lot of people. And um, that really allowed us to kind of hone in on the area that we were most familiar because we had worked with a lot of the facilities there and kind of understood, you know, kind of the work culture and things of that nature um, and used some of our connections. So we knew some of the schedulers or some of the, you know, supervisors or um, DONs and things of that nature. So we had already established a relationship just like individually at some of the facilities um, so that once we kind of got started to actually bring on people, we had already built somewhat of a business relationship with them. Um, early on, we did a mix of per diem shifts and contracts um, with Genesis Healthcare. So that helped us kind of stay afloat um, when there may not have been as many contract opportunities um, for us. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and they didn't have a problem working with you, um, like taking you on uh, and trusting that your company would fulfill on its promise. Is that because they knew you or because you, you wouldn't have really had a track record at that point, right? True. So that's true. Um, I think it's, I think as I, as time goes on in the industry, that piece of it, kind of doing the a proven track record 
may or may not apply in different scenarios within healthcare because I think for some of the places, which is you know sometimes unfortunate, it's they want to fill the need. Mm-hmm. So um, of course they they knew us. Um, some of them didn't know that we were kind of the people behind it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they you know the great thing was that because we went in first, we kind of set the tone as far as the reputation, so that when we added people under our business name, they kind of followed suit. They were like, oh yeah, you know, we remember Shamika came with Safari Healthcare mm-hmm. um, or the NOSA group. So okay. they definitely were able to tie it in. Um, okay, and how did you decide to um, build these places? Like, um, did you just kind of come up with a number? Are there industry standards for this kind of stuff? So, so for us with um, Genesis Healthcare, there is a um, a starting bid rate. They let you bid up. So one agency may bid this, another agency may bid that. Um, it's kind of based on how you figured out your expenses. So that was also one of the reasons we went in first because we wanted to have more control of our expenses. Um, but it is more common for um, if you're working with a vendor management system that they have set bill rates. Okay. Where there isn't any negotiation. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So yeah, that, no, that's, that's really interesting. Um, and how many other companies in general would you be competing for? Like, let's say in like a, a, a busy market, like LA or something or, or uh, San Francisco? I think it varies a little bit. Um, I would just guessing because we would never see, so we would only see our side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would never know per se, but because we worked there, we knew there was at least five other agencies that staffed for them as well. Um, and at that time, a lot of your bigger companies didn't staff for um, the long-term care market. So that kind of gave us a little bit more wiggle room with kind of the medium, small size agencies. And um, whereas more of your larger staff staffing firms that people know kind of offhand did a lot of your major hospitals. Um, so I would say maybe you might be on average competing with a, a minimum of five other agencies. Okay, but you were still able to get work even with five other agencies. Right. So um, for us, and we, we had to kind of learn this, there's certain states that are always in need. Um, and New Mexico just happened to be one of them. So okay. the needs never really, sometimes it was slowed down after the summer and maybe like the beginning of the year, but they were always consistent. So what would a, a break even on something like this? I mean, I, I can't imagine that you have too many overhead expenses, the insurance and, you know, some other stuff, I'm sure. But if you're the only employer, the two of you are the only employees, um, what would be a break even would you need like one two shifts a week of shifts three out of four weeks <laughs> or what would it look like um i would probably say like a couple of weeks you would be able to kind of reach that even um point that breaking point for the year or for the month the month okay and then everything else is yours right okay um, and then once you're in business a while the insurances go down so oh. we were able to renegotiate lower rates after that first year. So now you help um, other nurses to do what you've done. Is that right? 
Right. So a part of um, starting our agency and the fact that we didn't reach out to get as much support um, from others in the industry was that I started this Facebook group community, um, the nurse owned staffing agency to help other people do it as well as I kind of wanted to get help myself because I kind of figured there has to be at least a handful of nurses out there doing the same thing. Um, you know, maybe we can help each other out, um, essentially. And um, that's kind of how the Nosal Facebook page got started. And um, as well through that, a lot of people are interested in it. Um, and a big part of what it is, is just kind of creating a place for them to go to get free information. Um, the process of starting the business, there's lots and lots of tools and resources and information about that out there. But specifically for healthcare staffing agencies, you kind of get pushed in either direction of doing a home care, which is different, or um, doing something else. Um, so the group kind of focuses on, on the staffing piece. We touch on a lot of stuff with regards to contracts and vendor management systems, which is a little bit new um, for me, um, even though I've worked in human resources, and it's kind of a little bit of a similar to how they do contracting within the federal government um, with some tweaks. Okay. Um, so let me ask you this. Do you have ever have uh, individuals, let's say in the Facebook group, who are tired of having the middleman take all their money and so they're going to start like a one-man staffing agency? Like, is that something you would recommend or would you steer away from that? Um, I do have a few people. I do. And I think that's a good option. I think you know, it just kind of depends on your situation, your circumstances. I think it's a very good viable option to do something as a one, as an agency owner, essentially. I think especially when you're in some of your specialties like labor and delivery and um, ER, ICU, where, where their need is a little bit higher, but the number of people that are in that space might be a little bit lower, so it's not necessarily a numbers game. And you can really facilitate a good relationship with like maybe one hospital system. And instead of going in under as a traveler, you can have that direct client um, type of relationship. So I definitely think it's a totally good option. And how long would it take you to like establish these types of, of contracts? Is it really, you have to build up relationships or you just get your vendor number and start bidding? <laughs> Um, I would say it probably takes like three to six months. Um, for some people, it, I think it just depends on how long they've been in the industry and what type of traveling that they've done. We've had a couple of linoses, um be able to do that and get more, get a direct contract um, under certain circumstances. But I think it's kind of more person specific as to how long that process might take um, for them. Like even for us, it's not really the norm that you would be able to kind of go in and move as quickly as we were able to. Okay. Um, and so what are some of your nurses doing now? Like what are some, um, are they specializing in these different areas like LND and ED and ICU? Or are they, um, I even saw somebody that was like an aortic 
nurse group or something. I don't know if that was yours, but um, you know, staffing agency, which seemed really, really specific. But um, what what are your students doing in terms of setting up agencies if they're not doing the individual? So a lot of them are doing what you were saying, Katie. They are specializing. I think one of the things that I've shared with them is that's kind of how you make yourself set apart. Um, because we are or we desire to get to the level where we're competing against uh, supplemental healthcare, or AMN healthcare, or IAEA, some of your um, big players out there. But you really can't just present yourself as a staffing agency because there's already those options. Um, so also presenting yourself as a nurse-owned staffing agency is definitely a way to make yourself unique. And then we have quite a few of them that are specializing in labor and delivery, which is always a need all throughout the United States, or um, like you said, the aortic um, nursing agency, um, as well as your, we have a couple of nurses that are doing psych and behavior health or corrections. Um, so I think that that just kind of gives your agency a little bit of a different spin and um, in markets where there may be smaller community hospitals or psych hospitals and things of that nature, you can kind of build and cultivate a relationship that'll lead to a potential contract. Uh, and are you responsible for training these nurses and keeping track of all of their documentation and that kind of stuff? Um, yeah, we do take some responsibility um, for doing some of that, yes. Okay, uh, and do you encourage your, your nurses to do that or is it kind of like a whole nother ball game? <laughs> I do, um, just because some of them desire um, to get joint commission certified and things of that nature. So I do tell them, you know, you kind of want to run it um, with that in mind. Uh, what's the what is the joint commission certification and is that hard to get? Um, so the joint commission certification is through is really where most companies kind of get the green light that you're following specific rules and regulations in your hiring process. So a lot of your um, hospital systems will ask if you're joint commission certified. So it's not really a requirement. Um, it's just a system that works in collaboration with JCO to make sure that where JCO kind of focuses on more of the medical side, Joint Commission will look at your hiring process. Do you have specific policies and procedures in place? You know, are you doing certain testing for applicants who come in and work for your organization? Do you have certain skills checklists in place? And they'll do reviews to make sure that you've met all the requirements that they have. And then um, it usually takes about a couple of years to get certified. Oh my gosh. And then, yeah, and then they'll kind of clear you as joint commission certified. Okay, but it's not mandatory. Not at all, no. Is it something that you wanna strive for or is it just kind of like, oh, <laughs> what a pain? <laughs> Well, we have started the process. So when we started, we did start the process to um, become Joint Commission certified and um, kind of decided to go in a little bit of a different direction with it. Um, there are costs involved with um, getting mm -hmm. the certification, but they definitely support you. So they do support you in kind of meeting their specific requirements. So um, I think for us right now, we're just kind of kind of table it 
um, but maybe definitely revisit it at another date. Okay, and that those policy and procedures, is that something that you created yourself or was there someplace that you went to get something like that? That just, that seems like the, the most daunting thing of this whole thing. I think a mix of both. So um, some of it we had, some of it um, we looked for, and then some of it we created. So we kind of did a little bit of both. Oh, well. <laughs> and your nurses, are they employees? So you have to do all the employee um, HR stuff? Correct. All of our nurses are employees of our organization, and they we kind of go through the whole process as far as um, the traditional hiring process. Um, since we do work out of more than one state, because I'm primarily um, on the East Coast most of the time, we do things a lot more virtually, which is great. And um, that kind of allows for us to kind of cover um, different things as far as an orientation or in services and things like that. So now, aside from the Facebook group, do you have some other um, like program or like a paid program or something that uh, people can join? And if they want to start in the staffing agency and work with you, do you have something like that? I do. I put together at the end of last year a four-week course, an accelerator course that kind of lets people who have started the process, because for some of us, um, even myself included, when we kind of start, we might talk ourselves out of it and <laughs> probably move forward um, to kind of accelerate us through the some of the hurdles um, that we experience in the process. And the four main things that we go over in the course is we discuss um, marketing, recruiting, kind of creating that foundation, that organizational foundation, so that you're clear about who does what and why. Um, you know, different ways to market your organization, how to kind of make that connection to social media, as well as different ways to recruit um, and, um, you know, kind of creating a pipeline for um, applicants to become employees. And then, of course, we talk, we talk about the most hot topic, which is pay. So yeah. About, you know, creating pay packages, what makes sense, how to create one that works for your agency. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, you don't really think of it that way, because especially as a nurse, you're like, oh, I know lots of nurses, but they also have lots of options for working for different staffing agencies as well. So having a good pay package is, is going to be important for recruiting. Um, all right. Well, this uh, this sounds awesome. <laughs> I kind of want to start a staffing agency now, but um, <laughs> can I do this in my like? Can I do this with an hour a week? <laughs> Probably not, right? <laughs> um, okay. So, how about you let us know where we can find you if we want to join your course or your Facebook group or just get in touch with you? Okay, so I'm on Facebook and Instagram at The Nosa Group, and it's T-H-E-N-O-S-A-G-R-P on both platforms. And then you can also join the Nosa Group on Facebook um, at the Nurse Owned Staffing Agency. Um, if you type in Nurse Owned Staffing Agency in the search field, it'll come up for the group. Awesome. All right, Shamika, well, thank you so much for this. Thank you for having me, Katie. I appreciate it.